Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's please be seated. Praise God. Well, um, in praying, you know, because I always endeavor to seek God. Lord, what direction would you want me to emphasize? Prosperity is a broad subject, very broad subject. But there was something that uh, just, just stayed in my heart, like an impression. And I believe it's what the Lord will have me to uh, share with us on. This is a word-taught church, so I'm not really saying anything that's, that's new to us. Just stirring up our pure minds while we all remember. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Joshua. Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. And um, I'll read verse 8 and we'll take it for a text. This book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. If you want to title this message, you can title it, How to Prosper. How to Prosper. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you're our Father and you're a good Father. Thank you for once again another opportunity for us to feed upon your word. To mingle our voices together in church this morning. In prayer, in praise, in adoration. For your loving kindnesses and your tender mercies that are forever ours. We approach your word humbly and reverently. We trust that by your spirit, you'll speak to our spirits. We mix faith with your word. And as a result, we prosper thereby. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, of course, Joshua 1, the book of Joshua is in the Old Testament. And um, we can see there God was telling Joshua, this was the outset of his ministry. Moses had just died. And Joshua had very mighty shoes to fill. And God is beginning to teach him certain things, give him certain blueprints of how to make a success of his assignment and how to prosper. Now, if God wanted Joshua to prosper in the old covenant, a covenant not nearly as good as ours, God most certainly doesn't want us to fail in the new covenant. Are you listening to me? If he wanted Joshua to have good success and to have prosperity, he sure wants us to have super prosperity now it's to be regretted that the subject of prosperity has been pushed to stupid extremes it's sad you know uh where there have been people who try to fleece god's flock who try to you know obtain money through questionable means and we've seen people do things especially ministers that were high ethical and because of that we've been put off you know such things and yes we ought to be because the love of money is the root of all evil but listen to me the cure to headache is not cutting off the head because uh, some people have gone on a tangent on this side doesn't mean we should go on another tangent on the other side sometimes if we're not careful we get to a place where we are apologetic about prosperity are you listening to me where we are careful about prosperity but listen God wants us to prosper. It's his will that we prosper. And that's why he's telling us how to prosper. Third John 2, the Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things, above all things, 
that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So it's God's will that we prosper. Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. So God wants us to eat the good of the land. Genesis 13, 2, Abraham was very rich. And in case you think it was just in revelation knowledge, the Bible says in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Amen. Very rich. Cattle speaks of material prosperity. Silver and gold talks of financial prosperity. Yes, God wants us to prosper spiritually. He wants us to prosper physically and be healthy. But he also wants us to prosper financially. I like to ask people, who poverty help? Who help? Has poverty ever made anybody a better Christian? What's spiritual about not being able to eat? Not because you are fasting, but because there's no money to buy food. What's spiritual about not being able to pay your house rent? What's spiritual about, you know, not uh, being able to give? There's a course in church and a project, a worthy course. And then as the, the offering is being raised, so you just say, ah! Oh, and how I wish I could be a part of this. I wish God doesn't want you to wish. God wants you to prosper so that you'll be able to be a blessing. God told Abraham, he said, I will make you a blessing. So God wants us to prosper. God wants us to be able to be part of reaching the lost. And it takes money to do that. Praise God. God wants us to prosper. Matthew 7, 11, if you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your father in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Matthew 6, 33. If ye be willing and obedient, uh, Isaiah 1, 19. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Job 36, 11. If they will obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Although he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. That we through his poverty might become rich. Second Corinthians 9 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So that in always all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. You see, what I've seen about prosperity is this. Until you make a decision that, look, I can see this thing in the word of God. It's God's will for me. And I'm going to go for it. Until you have that kind of determination you won't experience prosperity the way God wants you to. You know, thank God for divine healing. Many of us, you know, we had running battles with sickness. But then we saw what God's word says about healing and about health. And then we said, you know what? I'm going to banish sickness from my body. And then we faced it with a determination. We faced it with a vehemence. We fought disease with God's word. And then we began to walk in health. Listen. We need to have the same kind of tenacity, the same kind of resolve about prospering. Prosperity is not just going to happen. We must apply ourselves to it. Amen. By putting the word of God to practice. By being decisive and making a decision, I am going to prosper. I am going to prosper. I'm going to give it what it takes with the word of God and I will prosper. Now, in the text we read, uh, God simply told Joshua two things he was to do. Number one, he said to him, he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Now, if it's not to depart out of his mouth, what is he to do with it? 
but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So, if we're going to prosper, it starts with us doing one thing, meditating in the word of God. Meditating in the word of God. See, I like God's word. It's so simple. So simple that you need a preacher to help you misunderstand it. We have to meditate in the word of God. Right. Psalm 1 from verse 1 to 3. The first psalm starts with the word, at least in the English Bible, blessed in the King James Version. Blessed. I like that. Blessed is the man. Notice it doesn't say cursed is the man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seateth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Says he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So it starts with us meditating in God's word. Meditating in God's word. What does it mean to meditate? It means to actively read. Actively read God's word on a daily basis. To think upon. Think upon it. Think upon what God has to say. To mutter. To say to oneself. Repeat the word of God to yourself. Say it over and over again. Over and over again. It means to imagine. Let God's word paint a picture in the canvas of your spirit. In the canvas of your heart. Imagine it. You know, some people thought it was evil to imagine. Because they said the Bible says you should cast down imaginations. No, that's not what it says. It says the weapon, 2 uh, Corinthians 10 verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now what are those strongholds? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So it's the imaginations that are contrary to God's word that we are to cast down. We ought to have the right imaginations. You know, to listen to some Christians, sometimes you think that it is a sin to think. No, it's not a sin to think. We ought to think. The Bible says think. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So God's word is telling us to think and it's telling us the kind of things you should think on. But certainly saying think. Tell your neighbor, think. Amen. Nothing wrong with thinking. We ought to think through problems. Think through situations. Think them through in the light of the word of God. So we're to meditate in God's word. All of God's word. Day and night. Day and night. That's why coming to church regularly is important. You're in church now. You're hearing the word of God. Midweek service. Don't miss church. Be in church. Hear the word of God. Meditate in it. Meditate in it. I'll say this. Whatever you meditate on, you become empowered to practice. Now, you can meditate on something without doing it. But, if you meditate on it, the ability to do it becomes yours. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do. So, the key to doing it is meditating in it. Now, of course, you can hear the word and not do it. 
But you can't do the word of God without knowing it. So that's why it starts with us meditating in the word. Take God's word and meditate in it on a daily basis. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Build it into your spirit. I'll say this. What produces success in life is wisdom. Are you hearing me? Wisdom is what produces success. Wisdom is the principal thing. And it's the paramount need of man. You cannot have spiritual wisdom without meditation. That's where you get wisdom from. From meditating in the word of God. Wisdom is the ability to put knowledge to profitable use. That's wisdom. And wisdom is a spiritual force. You know, there are people who are well educated. They got a lot of knowledge, but little wisdom. Wisdom comes from man's spirit. And the way to get wisdom is by spending time in God's word. Meditate therein day and night. The most deeply spiritual men and women I know are those who give time to meditation. Shut yourself in alone with your spirit where the world is shut out. If you are ambitious to do something great in life, to amount to much in life, start with the development of your own spirit. Spend time, at least 10 or 15 minutes every day to meditate in the word and then grow. Give time to meditation. Spend time alone, quiet with the Lord, feeding on his word, building it into your heart. You see, God's word is what will bring success. God's word is what will bring prosperity. You know, it's the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich, right? So, being rich is a blessing. It's not a curse. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow thereto. It's the blessing of the Lord. It's the blessing of the Lord. You know, sometimes we are so busy chasing money hmm, that it keeps eluding us. Have you noticed that? Sometimes we're so busy doing everything, but the very thing that will guarantee the success, we keep it aside, meditating the word on a daily basis. Think about it, build it into your heart. Repeat God's word over and over to yourself. Mutter it, say it with your mouth, think upon it. You see, this mouth is not just for feeding this tummy, this belly. It's also for feeding my spirit. Proverbs 18.20 says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. So, your spirit is also your belly. We know that from John 7, 37 to 39. So, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This speak of the spirit that believe on him should receive. The Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus is not yet glorified. We know the Holy Spirit is in our spirits. So, our spirit is fed with the words of our mouth. Take time just to speak God's word into your own spirit. To mutter scriptures to yourself. Mutter scriptures to yourself. Repeat them. Repeat them. Repeat them. Repeat them over and over. Sometimes I like to close my eyes and repeat the same thing. And say it over and over and over. Sometimes I'll just lie in bed and just mutter scriptures to myself a while. You know, if lying in bed causes you to sleep, then don't lie in bed. If you need to stand on your feet, stand on your feet or sit up. Amen. Otherwise, your Bible will just, the pages will be tearing. And then something will be appearing at the side of your mouth. Do you understand? 
So, meditate in the word. But notice, it doesn't stop there in Joshua 1.8. It said, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do, so that you'll do it. There's one man. The man was in a business. Hmm? An American. He was in a business with somebody. Decided to sell off the business, get off the business and um, uh, from his friend and start something on, the, on his own. So when they sold it off, what came to him was $5,500. So he tried to use that money uh, to invest in something, to start off something on his own. But he kept living out of it until what was left was $50. That was all, $50. Then the man got a hold of what I'm telling you. He got a hold of it. And then he began to meditate in the word. He began to do put these principles to practice. Within a period of less than 10 years, this man was worth over 30 million US dollars. And he said this is what produced it. That is Joshua won it that he did. That's all he did. Meditating in the word. Amen. Practicing the word. Notice it says, and the second point is this. Meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do. That thou mayest observe to do. Observe to do what? And thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Are you listening? You see, God is an all or none God. Is an all or none God. Now, we know that there are different aspects of God's word. There are different subjects in God's word. Sometimes... We obey one aspect of the word of God and leave another aspect. Yeah, the aspect you're obeying will work for you. But the time is going to come if you are willfully disobeying another aspect of God's word where the one that seems to be working will stop working because God is an all or none. We are to observe to do according to all. Notice, observe to do because meditating in it. Amen. Thoughts are governed by observation, association, and teachings. That's how thoughts are governed. So when you meditate in God's word, God's word becomes your observation. Then you are diligent to apply yourself to do it. Practice the word. Put God's word to practice. That's it. That's how to prosper. Meditate in it day and night and practice it. If you thought I was going to come with one, some high falutin revelation, I don't have any. Amen. I don't even know them. Praise God. There's a simplicity that's in the gospel. God's word is so simple. You know, sometimes we're looking for something deep. And we can get so deep that we sink. God's word is simple. Amen. Meditate in it day and night. And observe to do according to all that is written therein. The Bible says, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Let me tell you something. God is not going to make your way prosperous. He won't. God is not going to give you good success. He won't. If you're going to be prosperous, it's in your own hands. God has furnished the means for us to prosper. So my prosperity, whether you're prospering or not prospering, is not the devil's fault. Whether you're prospering or not prospering, is not the witches in your village. Whether you're prospering or you're not prospering, is not your competition. You know, uh, the woman that has a shop close to your own, where you sell in the market. That's not the thing. It's in my hands. It's in my hands. Eh, that my uncle didn't give me money. Eh, that my friend did not help me. Eh, forget about that now. We're talking about you. Your prosperity. For all that is written therein. 
The Bible says, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So it's not the hero of the word who is blessed, it's the doer of it, isn't it? James 1, 21 to 25. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, is like unto a man beholding his face in a glass, in a mirror, he beholds himself, and straightway goeth his way, and forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in all his deeds. I remember, those blessings include financial and material provision. Because the blessing of the Lord make rich. Are you listening to me? Added no sorrow thereto. So it prospers us. Amen. Now, I'll also say this. Prosperity in God is not overnight. It may not happen overnight. When Israel got into Canaan's land, God told them, I'm not going to drive out the Canaanites the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Hevites, all them ites and sites. I'm not going to drive them all out at once. Because if I do, and you have not sufficiently multiplied to occupy that land in that degree, the beasts of the forest are going to come and fill it in. So God said, okay, as you guys grow, then you'll be able to dispossess them and dispossess them and possess your land. Are you listening to me? So oftentimes, prosperity in God is not instant. The kingdom of God is never as though a man should plant a tree. It's always as though a man should plant a seed. First the blade, then the air, then the full corn in the air. That's God's principle. You listen to me. So, keep applying God's word. Whoso looketh, James 1.25, into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth. So, there is need to continue in it. Just stay with it. Just stay with it. Don't be distracted. Keep putting the principles of God to practice. They work. They work. They are guaranteed to work. And listen, it won't take forever. Sometimes you think, if I do it the word way, that's when it will take, take 50 years. That's a lie. You know, the Bible says he sent his word and his word run it very swiftly. God's word moves fast. It does. It may not be instant. There may be a process to it. But that process is not going to take forever. Are you listening to me? God said in Jeremiah 1.12, I hasten over my word to perform it. So God is in a hurry to make his word good in the life of the man or woman, boy or girl, who will dare to put it to practice. The principles of God's word work. Now, let me give a few examples of different areas in God's word, different principles in God's word we need to practice if we're going to prosper. Are you listening to me? So, we're to meditate in the word. Just two simple things. Meditate in God's word day and night. Number two, practice all of God's word. All of it, not some of it, not the part we like. And then leave the part we don't like. But practice all of God's word. If we do those two things, God said, we will make our way prosperous and we'll have good success. And listen, that's the truth. Because I said it. Let me give a few examples of different areas in God's word. You know, where different things we need to do different things the word of god tells us to do now he said this book of the law right we know that they had the pentateuch by that time hmm? they had the the law genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy 
Now, we're under grace now, right? A better covenant established upon better promises. If the law could produce good success and could produce prosperity, I wonder what grace will produce. Abundant, super prosperity. Amen. We're in a better covenant established upon better promises. Better promises. Better promises. First Timothy 4, 7 and 8. The Bible says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise herself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Thank God for the sweet by and by. Thank God for the mansions in heaven. Yes, living for God guarantees an eternity with him. But listen, he's also profitable for the life that now is. Serving God is not detrimental to being successful in life. First Timothy 4.15, just a few verses after Paul said that. He said, meditate on these things. The same word there. Give thyself wholly unto them, that thy profiting may appear unto all. So your profiting appearing to all is not automatic. Godliness is profitable. It guarantees certain things. And one of them is prosperity. But we have to meditate on these things and give ourselves wholly to them. And then what's going to happen? Our profiting will appear to all. You know, our profiting will appear to all. Now, Jesus definitely wasn't ostentatious. He wasn't flamboyant. He didn't live that kind of life. He didn't try to flaunt wealth. No, he didn't. But <laughs> in his earth walk, Jesus was by no means a poor man. He had 12 people who were on his team. Some of them married. And the Bible says he that doesn't provide for his own, especially those of his house, he has denied the faith, he's worse than an infidel. We know James and John had a father, Zebedee. We know the mother who was saying, uh, can one of my sons sit on your right hand, the other on your left hand? They provided for their parents. Peter had a mother-in-law who was staying with him. So it looks like he had a wife, right? And she was still alive. So he had a family to feed. These guys, Jesus had enough resources that he needed a treasurer. One person was assigned to carrying the money. I don't know if you have one person carrying your own money. Jesus did. Yes, he was rich. You know, sometimes people read scripture, foxes have holes, the birds of the hair have nests, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And then we think Jesus was a vagabond, just going in the wakajui ministry, toe and fro, up and down, the soles of his, of his shoes eating because Prosperity don't, uh, poverty don't chop him. No, that couldn't be true. You see, he had a house in Capernaum. He did. Go research it. Jesus, you know, he was crucified. That's like firing squad. Remember days of Babbage. Rome ruled the world then. So it's like American soldiers being there by Babbage as some criminals are being executed. And then the American soldiers now begin to fight over the clothes of one of them. Those clothes were not yeah, yeah clothes. They were not rags. Are you listening? The Bible talks about the clothes being seamless. Jesus wasn't a poor man, no. If you think he was poor, you've got another thought coming. He wasn't by any means poor. His needs were met. They lacked nothing. There were partners who supported his ministry during his earth walk. Amen. He rode on a donkey. No one had ever ridden. That's like a caddy today. Are you listening? Yeah. He was rich in his earth walk. When was he for a cross? 
when he became our substitute. So, you see, sometimes some of these things are mindsets that we have had growing up. And then somebody will say, God, eh, don't let me be so rich, oh. Eh, if I'm rich now, I will just come and forget you. If you forget God because you are rich, you always wanted to forget God. You just didn't have the money to do it. Somebody said, when that guy had more money, he started chasing women. He always wanted to chase women. He just didn't have the money to do it. Money is not good, it's not bad. It's an amplifier. It just amplifies whatever is in your heart. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let's start renewing our mind though <laughs> about prosperity. In heaven, the streets are gold. 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 Streets. You will be walking on gold. Gold. You know, some Christians will get to heaven and they will take up a prayer request for God. They will think God has backslidden. When they see the amount of wealth, you know, you know, the Bible says that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is his will done in heaven? Is there scarcity in heaven? Say, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. God shall guide me with a counsel. Afterward, receive me up into glory. Not according to the riches of the economy, of any country's economy. According to his riches in glory. And there's no lack up there. Are you listening? Yeah. So God, listen, there is enough wealth on this planet to go around. Yes, there is a chunk of the earth that you have on it. There is land that should be your own. There is enough to go around all of us. Are you listening to me? Yeah, the cattle on a thousand hills belong to your daddy. The gold and the silver belong to him. Who do you think he made it for? The devil and his children? No way. Made it for his man, Adam. It was because Adam committed treason and sold out to the devil. That's how Satan got control of those things. But now we are delivered from the power of darkness. We're translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. Amen. And God wants us to prosper. Are you listening? Yeah, God wants us to prosper. God wants you to have the kind of wealth that scares poverty. You know, the kind of wealth that scares poverty. The kind of wealth, you know, the Bible says you'll be called of all nations blessed. All nations will call you blessed. Hmm? It's one thing when poor people call you rich. It's another thing when rich people look at you and say, look, I have money. But you see that guy? <laughs> He's rich. Yeah. And that's what God said. God, God said we will lend to many nations. Borrow. Look, the picture I see in the Bible of the kind of wealth that is available to us in Christ is not moin moin. It's not, it's not joke. It's not small. But you see, if we would choose to give ourselves to God's word, to practice God's word, we'll take a hold of it. It's not going to happen automatically. We have to apply ourselves to do what God's word says to do. Now, a few of the things that the word of God teaches, where prosperity is coming, I just mentioned a few of them. One is walking in love. You know, law, love is the fulfilling of the law, Right? And if we're going to prosper, we're going to do all of God's word. One of the things in God's word that God's word is very, very strong about. Actually, what God's word is greatest about is walking in love. So, if you want to prosper, walk in love. You know, you can be a service provider, right? And you're providing service to people in an area. And the reason you're providing that service can be because of what you want to get from the people. That's not love. When your motivation is to make money. You won't make money the way you should. When your motivation is to provide service 
and to bless people, then you are talking. Love is the law of the family of God. Love is not out for what it can get. Love is out for what it can give. Love wants to be a blessing. Love is not thinking what is in it for me. Love is thinking how can I provide a service. Look at many of these people. Somebody built a big refinery, largest in the world. What do you think he was thinking about? Making money? Yeah, he wants to make money. But more than making money, he wants to provide a service. You see, don't have a consumption mindset. Have a producer mindset. Don't have a mindset of how can I grab? What can I get? What is in it for me? What can I, uh, how can I get income? Have a mindset of how can I be a blessing? The Bible says to every labor there's profit. Oh. When you are providing service, when you are thinking, you're a customer relations person, you walk wherever you walk, but you are nasty, as in nasty. Your middle name is nasty. Your first name is nasty. Your last name is nasty. Who will promote you? You now say they are persecuting you. Why won't they persecute you? Are you not persecuting yourself? Amen. Walking in love. You know, sometimes just a smile. You know, sometimes just being kind to people. You know, sometimes, you know, those things work. They are Bible principles. Just walking in love. Let me tell you something. Jesus said something about tithing. Hmm? Matthew 23, 23. He said the title means anise and cumin. He said, but the weightier matters of the law, mercy, justice, and faith, they've left. He said this they ought to have done and not have left the other also. Yes, Jesus sure endorsed tithing. He did. But you know one thing Jesus also said? You see, mercy, justice, and faith are important. Are you listening to me? God is more interested in your heart than he is in your money. You know, when we talk about prosperity, most times people think, okay, they've come again. We just talk about giving. Hmm? And yes, I will talk about giving. Hmm, I will not disappoint you. <laughs> yes, the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. I will go there. But listen, you can give, hmm? but not be living right. And God won't bless you the way he wants to. Do you know there are prostitutes that tithe? Yes. Yeah, they walk, yeah, they walk in the night, and then they come to church Sunday morning. They may have walked all night. I know you don't have such people in church here, but there are people that live like that. You know, there are four one nine people. They do four one nine advanced fraud. Yahoo, Yahoo. Some self with a plus eh? that they use jars, and then they will come. You see, because they have heard something about if you give to God, he will bless you. And it's a Bible principle. But listen, hmm? God is more interested in your heart than he is in your giving. Before we go into the area of giving, hmm? let's start with living right. In the new covenant, love is the fulfilling of the law. Are you listening to me? If I love you, I won't sleep with your wife. If I love you, I won't covet your property. If I love you, I won't lie about you. The way we live right in the new covenant is to walk in love. Love is the fulfill the law. So what am I saying in essence? Live right. Don't cheat people. You know, you walk somewhere. Your, your agreement says you resume at 8. You close at 4. But you're always there very late and you leave early. Are you walking in love? Are you putting your best? You see, 
That's where prosperity starts. That's where prosperity starts. Sometimes just the attitude. You talk brashly to your spouse. <laughs> you see, you say, but I work hard. But then you, you cut everybody. When you are driving, you cut this one off. You cut that one off. You treat people wrongly. Thou observe to do according to all that is written therein. That's one of the things written therein. In fact, that's the greatest thing written therein. To walk in love. So it starts with us saying, I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to honor my pastor. I'm going to honor my parents. I'm going to serve in church. You're a member of this church. You are not in any activity team. Hmm? He says, I thought his prosperity, we called him to come and talk about. Why is he talking about serving in church? Eh. Okay. If everybody in this church gives like you give, would there have been a service today? Why don't we think like that? You know, some people, their own is to take, 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 take. No, we are not takers. We are givers. How am I contributing? What am I doing to help? What can I do? How can I serve? You say, eh, you know, when, you know, when we talk about walking in love like this, some people are saying, hey, tell them more, tell them more. Eh? They should give to me. Yes, I'm telling them, and you're one of them. Eh, you two should give. There's something you can do. Even if you don't have money now, there's something. You have a smile. You can come and usher and just be smiling. Abby, you can be a greeter. There's something we can do. So it starts with walking in love, treating people right, doing fair, doing what is appropriate. Okay, you do a business. Your profit margins, actually, is not profit you are doing. You are ripping people off. You are ripping people off. That's what you are doing. You are ripping people off. You know. And sometimes you'll even do it to fellow Christians. You know, there are Christians in church that you can't lend money to. You can't lend them money. And they talk in tongues. They talk in tongues. But don't lend them money, yo. If you lend them money, your money has entered demorage. Your money has entered one chance. Are you listening to me? You say, ah, pastor, is it not prosperity you call this man to talk about? Why is he talking holiness? That is prosperity. Walking in love, living right, doing what is right. Doing what is right. Okay, you are sleeping around. Uh, yeah, you know, some people are wondering. They will now say, Pastor, eh, pray harder now. Pray harder. But they are indulging in certain things that are compromising the blessing of God that is on them. Don't do that. Don't compromise the blessing. You say, but does it matter? Isn't God a God? God is merciful. Yes, he's merciful. And that's why in his mercy, he's telling me to tell you today. Are you listening to me? Let's walk in love. God is an all or none. God doesn't do sales. You know, when they do sales and they do half price, God's blessings, God doesn't do microwave sales, microwave blessing, where you just microwave it. Mm -mm. The things of God still cost what they have always cost. We serve him. Yes, Jesus paid the price. And because of the price he paid, we judge that if one died for them, were dead. And they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who died for them and rose again. What are you doing about the gospel? Is your heart knit with the work of God? Do you care about whether it goes out? That sinner neighbor you have, that what is your greatest preoccupation is how to do business with him and make money from him. 
But whether it goes to hell, it doesn't go to hell. As long as you can make money, you are good. No, that can be right. That can be right. That can be right. You know, we need to have people who will say, look, I'd rather do the right thing, even if it costs me. Even if it means I will lose out, I will do what is right. Because it is right. And I will do it right. Because that's what love demands. See, when we start working like that, we are ready to prosper. Okay, I'll give another example of an area, you know, in God's word. You know, we are to observe to do according to all that is written therein. So I talked about walking in love. I talk about something else. Diligence. You know, the Bible says that the hand of the diligent will be a rule. Right? Romans 12, 11 says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. There should be a diligence about us. Diligence. 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 Some of us are too lazy to prosper. It's not a cause. Some people will not prosper. They will not. It's not a cause. And if it is a cause, they put it on themselves. Lazy, 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 lazy. Amen. You know, there's one thing. Um, yeah, I did. I, I do my best to help people, right? The best I can. But I saw something with this guy after a while. You're being lazy. There's something you can do. 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 I asked him one time. I said, what if you came to our office and you just started washing the cars there? You just started washing the cars. You don't have a job. Okay, you come, you start washing the cars. And as you're washing those cars, if it's 1,000, I will have given to someone else who washed my car. I may give you three. That, ah, this guy is doing something. And that's where something starts. I volunteered in offices before, eh? Hmm? And I will usually be the first to come and the last to leave. Yes, and I'm a volunteer. And I'm not paid for it. And I will walk like... I put my best into it. It's diligence. Those things pay off. Somebody will notice you. Somebody will see it. Let me tell you something. Excellence still pays. Don't mind them, oh. Eh? They say they're earning jobs. It's a lie, oh. Don't mind them, oh. I'll give you an example. Get A's, straight A's, eh? and see what will happen. See whether... It's not likely you will get a scholarship. Just do it. Just do it. It's diligence we're talking about. Do your work and do it well. If you need to upskill, upskill. If you need to get training, get training. How can I do what I'm doing well? Okay, you have competitors. What's going to be the edge you have over them? Why should I buy them? Why? Give me one reason. Uh -huh. I sell. I sell well, they sell well. Also, what competitive edge do you have? It's diligence. The hand of the diligence will be a rule. Will be a rule. Look, they wanted to get Daniel. Hmm? They hated him. They wanted to destroy him. They looked to everything about his job. <laughs> said he's impeccable. We can't fault him on anything. We can't. There's no T he didn't cross. There's no Dean bot. He's always in the office doing what he should do. He does it so well. The Bible says an excellent spirit was in him. Yeah. You know, it is showing now dress, it is showing on the outside. But excellence is not as much 
what we do on the outside as it's what we do inside, our character. And then that excellence of character is what then comes and spills over on the outside. Do you get what I'm saying? You, extra mile. you go the extra mile. I took an exam one time. Hmm? <laughs> this is interesting. While I was in Rema in India, you know, we had this exam. There was one course we did, unique course. It was the wife of the director that had that course. She wanted us to know scriptures, just get familiar with scriptures. So every two weeks, she'll give us 10 portions, 10 portions of scripture. Not necessarily verses. Sometimes it could be two, one portion could be two verses, three verses, but 10 portions of scripture to learn it, to understand it. And then in the test, the test will involve you repeating it. So they'll ask questions. The questions, it won't be like quotes, John 3, 16. That's easy. But it will be something that the answer will be to quote. Then they'll, they'll scatter the scriptures. So you need to understand each of them. You know, but basically it was to quote those scriptures. It was a written exam. I thought, I said, ah, what if I get a tie with somebody? I said, even if I tie with somebody, I want them to know one tie was better. You know what I did? I quoted the scripture. Hmm? The one that was in italics, I put it in italics. You know, there are places in italics in the Bible. I wrote the italics in the Bible in italics. Hmm? Comma, I put the comma. Where there was colon, I put colon. Where there was full stop, I put full stop. Then I said, no, that's also not enough. The marginal rendering. You know, some Bibles have marginal rendering. So I put what's imagine. I put the marginal rendering. Yes, that's to put in the extra. Go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. The hand of the diligent will be a rule. Yeah. Going to take Bible school exam. I didn't sleep through the night. You say, ah, 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 Bible school. I say, eh, eh. I didn't travel this number of miles to come second. Mm -mm. Nothing wrong with coming second, but no. <laughs> you come second. I won't. <laughs> it's not a sin to come second. <laughs> we, someone says, what if everybody is believing like you? They all of them come first. <laughs> but me, I will be the head. And if you are also the head, then we'll be the head together. Do you see what I'm talking about? Diligence. So that's another thing in God's word. Going the extra mile. Go the extra mile. Did it, did it pay off? It looks like it did. Are <laughs> you listening to me? Diligence. Now, Another area, tithing. You know, I'm not going to go into, and I can, you know, the exegesis of whether tithing is New Testament or tithing is Old Testament. What I'll just say is this Hebrews 6:12 says, Men uh, uh, that we shouldn't be slothful, followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Hebrews 7:8 says, Here men that die receive tithes, but that he receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. What is the tithe? It's a tenth. The first tenth of your income. Are you listening? Many times, this is how people think about tithing. If I tithe, what is left will not be enough. <laughs> you know why people think like that? Because people think tithing is losing. If you see it like, look, I'm in financial trouble. I need a miracle. What will help me get a miracle is to get God involved in my finances. So, sometimes some people say they can't afford to tithe. I tell them you can't afford not to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. 
And it's actually a matter of honor. Don't tell me you love God and we don't see it in your pocketbook. Don't say so. You are kidding. If I want to know what your priority is, I need your bank statement. If I see your bank statement and I see where your money goes, you know, ah, there's this Oambe we must represent, you know, gold. And then they are sure be. I must do, they must to take. Look, how about tithing to God's work? A tenth of our income. Do you know that if everybody in this church tithes faithfully, hmm, that this church will have more than enough money to do all its outreaches? How about that? You see, eh, there was only one time in the Bible God said we should prove him. Only one time. And he's over the tithe. He said, prove me now herewith and see if I will not open to you the floodgates, the windows of heaven. Remember the last time he opened the windows of heaven, the flood? He said he will pour out blessings that you will not have enough room to receive. Have you ever thought about changing houses and getting a bigger house because you are blessed? You are so blessed your house cannot contain the blessing and then you have to get a bigger one. Yes. He said, I'll pour you out a blessing that you will not have enough room to receive. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You see, Abraham tithed before the law. 430 years before the law. Jacob vowed to tithe of everything God gives him. 250 years before the law. When the law came, tithing became regulated by the law. The principle of the tithe, we see it in 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Proportionate giving. And giving regularly to the day of the week when you gather together. That's the principle of the tithe. Somebody says, we're not told the early church tithed. Yes, but we're also not told the early church didn't tithe. So neither of us is in better shape. Are you listening to me? Yeah, just the first tenth of our income. You know, sometimes when I hear some people fight tithing, they fight tithing. They say, no, let's give all. Then I want to check the all they're giving. They're not giving anything. Less than 3% of America's population, American Christians, tight. So, if somebody says he's tightening, that's the problem. All this pastor is a lie. How many people are tightening? So, tightening is not the problem. Amen. It's, someone says, no, we should give God all. No, we shouldn't. Yes, God owns our all in that sense. But that same God said we should honor our father and our mother, right? That same God said we should be responsible towards our financial obligations. That same God said we should pay our taxes. So, we have a lot of things we need to do. And if God just says, you know what? Just the first 10% of your income, give that to me. And by doing that, you involve me with your finances. Is that a bad deal? I think that's a smart deal. I think that's a reasonable agreement. Amen. Yeah. You know, listen, hmm? If you are fighting Titan, if you are fighting Titan, and you are saying Titan is under the law, hmm, what percentage are you giving? Tell me first, before I will listen to you. If you are not giving more than that 10%, I will listen to you. We know that in the Old Testament, God said thou shalt not kill. The New Testament says, who shall hated his brother is a murderer. You know that no murderer had eternal life abiding in him. The Old Testament says, thou shalt not commit adultery. The New Testament says, Whoso looketh at the woman to lust after her has committed adultery without already in his heart. The Old Testament says, love your neighbors. And it says, don't seek the good of Amalek. Don't seek the good. Yeah, it's in the Old Testament. An eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. It's in the Old Testament. The New Testament says, love your enemies. 
Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Without knowing too much theology, we know that the standard of the New Testament is higher than that of the Old Testament. So if you are telling me that, no, we shouldn't tithe, then do 20% or 30%. But don't, don't do 1%. Tithing is not in the New Covenant. Are you listening to me? Look, tithing won't take from you. It will give to you. It will add to you. Many Christians tithe. Hmm? Many tithe. But they don't mix faith with their tithing. Many Christians give, but they don't mix faith with their giving. Are you listening to me? The Bible also teaches generous giving. Generous giving. Not just giving to church. And yes, giving to church is primary. The tithe belongs to your local church. Don't tithe to a television preacher. Don't even tithe to Rema. Your tithe doesn't belong to Rema. Your tithe belongs to your local church. Are you listening? Don't tithe to a prophet or an apostle or a special meeting you view online. Don't divide your tithe and say, okay, I will give this to the poor. I will give this to uh, this uh, minister that blesses me. No, you are not tithing. You are just giving offerings. The tithe is the tenth. The first tenth, it belongs to God. Uh, this is what, you are not to decide what the tithe is used for. It belongs to God. That's why you should be in a good local assembly when fed right. And this is one. So tithe, completely, holy, it belongs there. But now, beyond the tithe, the Bible teaches generous giving. The Bible says, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. There's generous giving. And giving has to be something that we do all around. In church, to your parents, your spouse is not bad ground. Your spouse is good ground to sow into. Are you listening to me? Your children, taking good care of them, that's giving. There's somebody who's needy, who you know who's in needy, give to them. Ministers of the gospel, as God has blessed you, give to them. Just have a giving spirit about you. Proverbs 11.25 There is that scattered yet increaseth. There is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tended to poverty. You see, the giving hand is always on top. Are you listening? Now, many of us give, but we don't mix faith with it. Listen to me. Don't give just because you want to get. Eh? That's selfish. If you're giving just because you want to get, it's selfish. Are you listening to me? But also, let me tell you something. Hmm? It is not a sin to expect a harvest from your giving. Actually, I almost think it's a sin not to. You know why? Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I learned something from Pastor Hagin. He said, God told him how to get harvest on every wave. He said, never let an offering bucket go by without you putting something aside. Right? And also, I'll say this. When you give, speak words. I give. It's given to me. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaking together. Running over. Men giving on my bosom. The same measure I meet out is measured to me again. I sow bountifully. Therefore, I reap bountifully. When you tithe, before you leave your house, if you won't have time to do it in church, take that tithe and say, Father, this is my first tenth. It's a matter of honor. It belongs to you. It's a privilege 
to partner with you so that the work of the local church can continue in reaching the lost, in building up the saints. I honor you with it. Just as your word said, thank you because the devourer is rebuked for my sake. My vine does not cast its fruit before the time of the field. I'm called of all nations, blessed. I'm a delightsome land. Thank you for opening to me the floodgates of heaven and pouring me out blessings that I do not have enough room to receive. Say that. Say that. You see, sometimes our words work against us. Are you listening? Don't talk poverty. Don't talk poverty. Don't talk poverty. Ah, they remove well subsidy. These people, wicked people. How will somebody survive? Hey, how will fuel now? Now to be trekking to work, get ammo. Keep saying it, you hear? You will trek, trek. You are saying trek. Let me tell you something. No matter the economy of the jungle, eh? a lion does not typically eat grass. Yeah, lions sometimes eat grass actually. But typically, they will eat other animals. They will feast on them. No matter what the economy is, God is your source. The Bible says at famine and at destruction, we shall laugh. It doesn't say we shall cry. It doesn't say we shall complain. Stop complaining. Are you listening? Hey, things are tight. Ah, things are tight. Do you know the funniest thing? The last three years, I've had more money than I've ever had in my life. When people are saying economic downturn, my bank account doesn't know it. Listen. Also, I've given more in the last three years than I have in my life. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Look, eh, if your giving does not affect you, your receiving will not affect you. Yes, I know that there's, when it comes to sacrificial giving, don't go to an extreme. I understand. Don't give out your children's school fees. I understand. Don't take your house rent and then you get into trouble. God said it will be given to you, right? Sometimes there's some time before the harvest comes and you need to be able to stay alive. Otherwise, you will have died before the reaping comes or they will have sent you out of your house or your children or you'll have gotten kwashoko or something. So we want to be wise with our spending, with our giving, with our resources, no doubt. But let me tell you something. The Bible says, give it shall be given to you, right? Say the same measure, you made up measure to you again. You know, if you give, if you give something that during camp meeting last year, my wife and I decided to do something. We decided, actually, I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm believing for a house, for us to get a house. I gave something I couldn't afford to give. I gave it. Yeah, with our agreement. We both agreed on it. I want to give it. I really couldn't afford to give it. And I've also gotten blessings that it was like, I couldn't afford to take it <laughs> in that sense. It was, yeah, look, the principles in God's word work. Do you understand? Prosperity, be aggressive about it. Be deliberate about it. Giving offerings in church. You know, sometimes we come to church and we give God ton money. We give God, giving in church on Sunday morning can be an afterthought. Don't let it be. How about deciding what will I be giving on Sundays? How much will I give midweek service? How about being deliberate about those things? And saying, you know what? I want to up my giving. I'm going to be deliberate. You see, if you want to live well, give well, your giving should be a reflection of your living. Many times we want to live prosperous, but we want to give still. They go together. Are you listening to me? You are not El Shaddai. Hmm? You are not put yourself under pressure and think you are the one that will meet everybody's need. You can't. 
But what can you do based on how God has prospered you? Yeah, I guess this wasn't the direction you might have thought I would go. Maybe if it's blessed us, meditate in the word day and night. What to do according to all that is written therein. Then what's going to happen? We'll make our word. When you build the word, speak to you. Sometimes the spirit of God will lead you into supernatural. You see, your salary will not make you wealthy. It's not likely. Well, some salaries can though. If you are earning 10 million a month, I guess. But have you noticed that when your salary increases, your expenses also increase? Have you noticed that? Yeah, you think someone earning so much is also giving, having to pay so much. Because now he lives in a bigger house. He'll pay this bill, pay that bill. You know, saving money, spending wisely. Those are some reasons believers don't prosper. Eat everything. Live beneath your means. If this is where you earn, don't live here. Live a little below it. Put something out. It's not, it's not unbelief to save. God saves. Yeah. But believe God. Heavenly Father, thank you for the things you remind us of. Practical things in your word so that we'll prosper. I thank you for your people. Thank you, Father. Because as we make the necessary adjustments in our hearts, you bless us beyond our wildest dreams. Now, if you're here with every head bowed and eye closed, I want to say, I haven't been faithful with Titan between you and God. Hmm? You want to say, God, God knows the truth. I know the truth. I haven't been tithing faithfully like I should. Or, I haven't been giving generously like I should. Hmm? If that's you, every head bowed, eye closed, nobody looking around, put up your hand. And you're saying, I want to up my game in giving. Thank you, my brother, for that hand. Thank you, my sister. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Yeah, it's between you and God. And you want to say, I want to up this game. I want to start tithing faithfully. I want to start giving generously. God, I haven't done well. Uh, between you and me. Some people may think I'm giving, but you, you know. Me, I know. And you want to say, I want to make amends in that area. Okay. Why don't we all put up our hands? All of us. Let's say this. Father, I make a quality decision. Henceforth, I will hunt you concerning my tithing, concerning my giving, concerning my spending wisely. I will walk in love. I will live right. I will do what is right. I will be diligent in my work. Thank you, Father, because our blood is mine. Satan, take your hands off my finances i claim abundance in the name of jesus ministering spirits go forth and cost the money to come why not thank him for it <laughs>